I, um, when I was a young lad, used to do this uh, walk on Dartmoor called Ten Tours. Has anyone done this? A few of you, raise your hands. You, you know, you, you walk all that way, you get the blisters and you get, a, you get a medal at the end and hopefully you don't get rescued by an army helicopter. But if you do, it's amazing. Um, and um, in one of the training walks for this, uh, I was on Dartmoor and uh, my mum, you can kind of guess the age that I was, uh, dropped me off and uh, she dropped me off by this road and I could see uh, the folks that we were supposed to be meeting and uh, I could see them, they were a little way off and so I said to mum, that's fine, you, you know, you go because they, they could see me, they were waving at me and so I yomped across uh, the moor, really convinced mum, no, go, it's fine. I got to where they were and uh, this is what there was. A tree. Um, and my mum going off into the distance and I'm on Dartmoor alone thinking uh, how on earth am I going to get back where are my friends uh, what is going on I was looking for the way home and I went to the main road and, and I, was, I walked for a bit and, and I thought well I don't know what else to do I think this is what you do if you, if you want to ride uh, and eventually uh, someone did come along and they helped me to find my way back off Dartmoor uh, back to Exeter and I got home safe and mum was a little bit surprised to see me uh, back so soon um, but it was good um, at this church we've got this new uh, vision tagline that just says that we are a church on the way it's based on Jesus saying I am the way, the truth and the life he is the one to follow when we don't know where we're going He's the one to follow when we're looking for what the best direction is. But you know, there are, there are all sorts of directions that we uh, could follow and could go in life. Uh, Blondie sang about it. Go on, you can't resist singing it, can you? Uh, no, don't, um, don't go there. Um, yeah, and actually, finding find your way, even, even when you've got sat-nav on your phone with Google Maps, you know, can still result in a family argument, can't it? You know, having a fight with the person next to you because they gave you such rubbish directions. And, you know, in terms of me and Meg, uh, actually, I'm always right when it comes to directions. It's just sometimes I'm not. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know whether you saw this, uh, this, this uh, hasn't quite reached national news yet, but in terms of Bath, uh, was reported by uh, Somerset Live or the Chronicle or whatever it is. <laughs> it's not a real sign, uh, someone had doctored it, pedestrian route to overpriced tat, long queues and general misery. Actually, I love the Christmas markets. Who has been down to the Christmas market? Come on. It's great, isn't it? A little bit of mulled wine, a little bit of pulled pork or something like that, and then no money left in your wallet. But it is a great thing. It's a lovely thing to do. Actually, what we need in life, what we need is to have a little bit of perspective to get up and get the high view and to be able to see a little bit where we're going and what life's about. So what I want to do is just to give you 
uh, five things this morning that I hope will help you to get a little bit perspective about where you're going and what life is all about. The first one is actually the picture that we've already had of Joe and Gez coming to give thanks for their child. They've, they've set a course. And the course is that they want to follow Jesus. What a wonderful picture that is. And so helpful for us. Let me lay out for you these five perspectives that I hope you'll find helpful and whether you've been here uh, for many years or whether you're just visiting this morning, I hope that this will give you a little kind of way of thinking and getting through life that might be, might be a little bit different from what Facebook throws at you. The first one is this, it's Lego. Anyone, anyone like playing with Lego? Yes. I love Lego. You know, we are, well, we've got four kids, so we have collected loads of Lego over the years. Um, uh, uh, there was a time uh, recently where it was decided uh, that the Lego should be organized into uh, appropriate categories. Much discussion was had as to, are we going for the original sets, or are we going by color? Or are we going by uh, kind of usefulness? You know, uh, two by two blocks together, one by one blocks. Frankly, this is a rubbish way to organise Lego because you miss out the best bit, which is, oh, I want one of those. I wonder where it could be. <laughs> you know, and the Lego gets nobbled into your knees and all the rest of it. It's not good. The thing about Lego is this. It doesn't matter what you believe whether you are an atheist, a Muslim, a Christian, a JW, or a Buddhist, Lego is never going to assemble itself. It doesn't happen. How many of you have bought Lego for someone else in the hope that by the time it gets to the end of Boxing Day, the Starship Enterprise will have been assembled all by itself? It doesn't happen, does it? In fact, it doesn't happen ever. But there is a way of looking at the world that says the world just amazingly self-assembled all by itself. Folks, I'm not convinced it works like that. Because there's something else, and it's this. This is the first perspective. You are not an accident. You are not an accident. You are fierce, fearfully and wonderfully made. God has designed you and he loves you and he thinks that you're fantastic. Yeah, he might want you to stop doing that thing. But he thinks that you're fantastic and he loves you. And you are not an accident. You've been designed and God loves you. That's the first thing. The second thing is this. There's a story that Jesus tells, really short story, of a merchant who uh, deals in pearls. And he finds the pearl, the most precious one he's ever seen. And in order to get hold of this pearl, he goes and sells 
everything that he has so that he can purchase this pearl. Now, there's all sorts of different ways of understanding the story. One is, you know, about a great way to do business. Hey, wouldn't it be great to, you know, buy all the things that are of value because then you can sell them on at a higher price as long as the stock market's going in the right direction. But the other way of interpreting the story, and you have to always, when you look at just stories that Jesus tells, ask this simple question, where is the Father in the story? Almost all of Jesus' stories center around what the Father is doing. And in this story, the idea is that the Father has found something of infinite value and therefore gives up everything so that he could have it. And the way that he does that is he sends Jesus into the world to pay the price for you and me. You see, Jesus is searching for you. He's searching for you if you've been following him for years. He still wants more of you. He's searching for you even if you don't believe in him. He's searching for you even if you don't believe in yourself. And what's more is he's paid a great price, the great price, so that he can buy you back. Because he loves you. That's the second perspective, is that Jesus is searching for you. The third uh, perspective is this. Yogurt. Uh, how many of you have ever strapped in a small child into a baby seat in the kitchen or wherever and then you put in front of them gingerly a yogurt pot and a plastic spoon having taken the lid off and then stand well back you know it's a beautiful thing isn't it and you know they kind of almost get the it's like someone who's very very drunk and they you know they almost get the spoon in the yogurt pot and then they kind of flips out and oh it's gone on the wall exciting and then and then they try and get it in their mouth but it oh, you know goes over the side of their head and by the end of it the baby is covered in yogurt the baby's seat is covered in yogurt the floor and the walls and at that point because you love your child you go right in and you give them a loving warm embrace and get really close to them It's always encouraging when you're preaching, by the way, and your, la- your wife laughs. Um, of course, that's not what you do. What you do is you clean up the mess that the baby's made because you love them. You know, what we do as people is we make a mess of things, and that mess needs cleaning up. There isn't a person here who at some point or other hasn't said something that's hurt another human being or done something that's hurt themselves. This, this is what it's like to be human. We make a mess of stuff. I don't, I don't want to you know, give anyone a hard time. This is just what it's like. But you know the wonder of who God is is that he loves us so much that he comes in and cleans us up. Completely cleans us up. Washes us white as snow. 
and leads us into freedom and forgiveness. Folks, the third perspective is that if you don't know what it's like to be free, you know, if you're still carrying all that stuff, all that mess, you can know. You can know what it's like to live like that. And you can know what it's like to live with forgiveness rather than guilt. With hope and joy rather than shame. Not in your own strength, but in Father God's strength who loves you. The fourth one is this, is that you have been invited to follow. The first little bit of uh, Bible that Claire read for us was Jesus at the start of his ministry. And what he did is, there was a whole bunch of people that probably already knew him. And one day, it changes and it shifts. And he says, right, it's time to follow me. And he calls them and he says, come and follow me. Well, that's about all he says, actually. (laughs) He doesn't give them very much more than that. He says, come and follow. And you know, the invitation is out today for every single one of us here. For every single person in Western and in Bath. And even still in Torquay. Because that's where I used to live. Sorry, there's a couple of friends here from Torquay. Hi guys, it's great to have you here. Um, I'm distracted now. (laughs) Where am I? He's called us to follow him. And you know, that invitation is out there, and it's out there today, and it will be out there tomorrow. For every single one of us, Jesus invites us to come and follow him. And do you know what? When someone sends you an invite, it does demand a response. You know, there's that funny little phrase that people, and I'm always terrible at this, you know, that little bit, bit at the bottom of some formal invite, RSVP, you know, I'm like, okay, I'll send you a text. He needs a response. He's asking you today, will you follow me? And he wants to know what the answer is. And what he's got for you if you choose to follow him is fullness of life. He wants to show you the best way to live. Will you follow him? Jesus is asking you that today. And if you choose to follow him, the deal is this. He's not inviting you to follow him, to come to lots of church services and stay in a church building. You know, although this one's quite nice. You want to make it better. You want to make, you know, decent crash. You know, have... And, and, and get rid of these. Yeah, someone's nodding. Get rid of the pews. Yeah, we'll do that. That's not what that's about. It's not about an hour on a Sunday. What Jesus does is the moment he's invited you in to follow him, he then says this, I'm sending you out. I'm sending you out to the places where you live and where you work to go and be a blessing to those places. You know, so much of life is lived, isn't it, by kind of grabbing hold of stuff and trying to get hold of things for ourselves. But the way of Jesus is not like that. He invites us in and it seems like he's giving us everything and he says, yeah, great, and it's to be given away. This is like, this is not what we get met with on Facebook. This is not what Black Friday is all about. This is what Good Friday is all about. He does it all so that we can be free. So that we can be a blessing to other people. What he's saying 
is that you have a purpose in the world. Every single one of you has a purpose in the world. Sometimes I tell some stories about the previous church churches I've been in. You know, um, these three folks who are sitting here have done a stunning job in terms of the work in Torquay. And the stuff that we did back then would not have happened without these folks. Let me tell you one story, um, which is about a guy called Terry. Terry, um, Terry and his family were into all sorts of stuff. And um, for, for a long while, Terry and one of, one of his girlfriends were camping out at the back of the church. Um, it was a really tricky time in 2015. We had a whole load of people. Uh, it was the benefit cuts that all kind of kicked in. And it was, frankly, it was a, it was a, it was a mess out of the back of church. And I got it into my head that, that we needed to try and set a different culture for Terry. I was like, Lord, what, how on earth are we supposed to do that? And I just felt God saying that every time I saw Terry, and, and these guys have been all be involved in similar, doing similar kind of things for other people. Each time I saw Terry, I was to go over him, spend a bit of time with him, and then for as long as he would let me, I would pray over him what God saw about his future. I mean, he had enough of his past to deal with. So I'd, you know, I'd pray leadership over this guy. And I'd sit with him on a curb in the midst of the mess, arm around him, and I'd pray. I'd pray for the future that God had for him. And you know it's the same for every single one of you. Whether you've been following Jesus for years, whether you are retired and thinking, oh, Mark, it's time just to slow down. No, it's not. He's just getting going with you. It's just, if you, if you, if you just retired and you've got all this fantastic time on your hands to go and play golf and life's going to be easy. Because that's how it works, isn't it? Uh, no, okay. Maybe, maybe there's a ministry in golf. Maybe all those people that have got all that time as they're wandering around the course to talk. Maybe that is where he's put you. Come on. You're just getting going. Or if you've got no idea what I'm talking about. And you're thinking, who is this guy that believes in some kind of God thing? Let me tell you, it's not a God thing. It's really specific. It's that God the Father loves you so much that he gave his only son to die in your place so that you could be alive and free. His name is Jesus. And what he wants to do is fill you with his Holy Spirit the moment you choose to follow him so that you can go out into the world and change it for the better. So that you can take all the good things that he's giving you and you can go and change the world with it. So my question this morning, as you get a little bit of perspective on life, however long you've been following Jesus or whether you're thinking about it this morning is what's next for each and every single one of you what is next what are you going to do with what you have heard and sung this morning 
You know, it might be, it might be that, you know, if you are retired and you're thinking, you know, I'm just thinking about taking it easy a little bit. Do you know what? Even old men dream dreams. If you can't, if you can barely get out of the chair anymore, do you know what? That is okay. God has got stuff for you to do from that chair. You are going to be the kind of awesome prayer. You're going to be praying for each one of us in this community. You're going to be, oh man, you're going to, I'm, I'm jealous of you because you're going to have such great conversations with God the Father. How? You know, if you're at work in this crazy, chaotic, pressured environment and you're thinking, oh my, I don't know how I can deal with this much stress. You know what? However much stress you have got in that workplace, the King of Heaven has got an abundance of peace for you. And He wants to overflow through you in that place. If you haven't slept for days because little people you are keeping you awake, oh, I want to pray for you to get some sleep, frankly. But also, you've got a whole different network. You've got like a, you've got a five, ten year window of getting to know a whole bunch of different people. And if you're thinking, well, Mark, you know, I'm, uh, I'm not even sure about what you're talking about. You know what the next step is? Simply to say, Jesus, yes. Jesus, Yes. And as you do that, we'd love to walk with you.